You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. The episode you are about to listen to was originally available for Patreons only, but it's a brand new episode now available on all podcasting platforms. So there might be a few references that have already happened. Uh, apologies for that. And also apologies for any comments we make for non-patrons. Enjoy the episode and don't forget, it's not too late to join us on Patreon where you can listen to exclusive brand new episodes of Track by Track. Yes, every month there are at least two brand new episodes as well as access to the full Patreon-only back catalogue and our Patreon-only series, including further listening and the remix. Enjoy the episode and thanks for listening. Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. And is this going to be a brilliant album? Maybe. Maybe. Because on the turntable this week, we've got Scoundrel Days by Aha. Aha. Dan. I, I, I promise that's the first and last time I'm going to do that today because... Uh, there's no link between Alan Partridge and Aha. More of a link with Alan Partridge and Abba, really, isn't it? But it's uh, whenever I do say Aha to most people, they will respond with Aha. What a legacy. Uh, And what a legacy Aha have, actually. They really do. And it's only the second time we've spoken about them in now over three years, which seems a bit baffling, actually, Will. Is it only the second time? Yep, we've done Hunting High and Low, which we did with Paul Sinclair from Super Deluxe Edition. And then we've waited this long to do this album, which will be with me. The reason we're talking about it today (laughs) is because it turns 35 tomorrow. Uh, And Dan, maybe I dreamt us recording an episode on Minor Earth, Major Sky. We very nearly did, Will. There was a clash in this schedule and we weren't able to do it but it's definitely one that i'd love to go back and do because it is it's it's one of my favorites by them but i tell you what might be kind of messing with your mind a little bit will not just me and my mind games that i like to play with you (laughs) but we did a lot of aha tweet alongs last year yes oh honestly my mind is a mush from the last year and a half that would that would be it but i think you quite right reminding me about that episode i torpedoed in favor of uh, something else at the time yep i'll get you back <laughs> i meant i've got you back no i meant no. i'll get you back no so aha uh, i know we've got a lot of our half fans listening to track by track and hello again everyone the wait was worth it uh, but if you're not familiar with aha they are a norwegian trio uh, and you've got uh, Morton, Magna, and Paul, uh, who uh, and it's been the same all the way along, hasn't it? That lineup has not faltered. Yes, you're absolutely right. Well, it's been these three from the off, and actually they have uh, they split and got back together a couple of times. Most recently, they got back in 2015 for the Casting Steel album and tour. Supposedly, that was going to be a one album. Uh, one album, one tour kind of deal. It's 
still going on. They're currently in the midst of the Hunting High and Low tour. And they've just announced uh, an album for next year, True North, uh, an album and a film to come. So uh, it's the original three. But the reason I started this spiel with is I was going to say, I do believe that it was maybe when they got back together, it was just two of them that were really pushing for it. But the third said it's kind of it's got to be all three or nothing. So, yes, it's a very strong unit. Uh, and they you're gonna you're the ex you're the huge aha fan i do enjoy them as well but you're a huge fan so correct me if i say anything wrong happily just just on today's episode uh not oh. ongoing uh they were f- formed in 1982 and this is their second album that we're going to be talking about today so scoundrel days was released in 1986 october 1986 Uh, And a remastered edition has been released a lot more recently. Now, Dan, I've got to ask you, why are we talking about them today? Well, I'll tell you, Will, for the first time this episode, or maybe the second, this album turns 35 tomorrow. It's the same age as me, Will. Well, just a few months different. Oh, really? Mm. I thought... No, I'm going to refrain from making a comment there because... Because you want to do it later. Because I'll save it for later. (laughs) Uh, I'll build up to it. Uh, sometimes the anticipation of a good joke is even better than the joke itself, isn't it? Oh, we're having some good jokes in this episode. <laughs> well, that would be a lovely joke. We've just had a little break, haven't we? This is our first episode back since our week of episodes to celebrate our third anniversary new music drop, uh, as an exception there, of course. And this is, of course, one of our patron episodes as well. So hello to all of our patrons, old and new. So before we get stuck into this album, Will, I just want to say from a very personal point of view, I'm so excited for this episode because this is without a doubt one of my most played albums of all time. This is the album that got me into AHA and I've barely stopped playing it since then. I think it's an absolute masterpiece. So really looking forward to getting stuck into this episode. But also just to say, as I said earlier, the band are currently on tour playing Hunting High and Low in full. A little gap because of a little thing called COVID right now. Uh, But they're back in the UK next year. They have played this album in full. Guys, if you're listening, give us a Scoundrel Days in full tour, please. I don't think I'm alone in wanting to hear this whole album live. At the Albert Hall as well, actually. And they've done it there before with an orchestra. There was a live version on iTunes. It's disappeared I want it back, Will. Don't care what I have to do. do, 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 do. Right, I think it's time now uh, <laughs> to get stuck in. Before Definitely. karaoke really kicks off today. <laughs> yeah. It's only a matter of time, isn't it, these days? Well, yes. So, side one, track one, and we're kicking off with the title track. This is Scandal Days. So, Scoundrel Days there, kicking us off with our uh, AHA episode today. And it's a great start to the album, isn't it, Dan? It really is, yeah. It gives, it's a very cinematic feel, I think. Uh, I know AHA have a real uh, penchant for just, just these epic, emotional, huge songs. But I just love the way this kind of starts off and then just soars 
with Morton's stunning voice into the chorus. I just think it's it really does set the tone for for this album. This was probably a very exciting time to be an Aha fan after the first album when you press play or put the needle on it. Danny Moon. Danny. Uh, for the first time. Very exciting after that first album. Yeah, definitely. And also this arrived less than a year after the first wow. album. So they really got to work very quickly. Um, so, which is great as a fan. You didn't have too long to wait. But yeah, like you say, it's very dramatic. And whereas the first album kicked off with their biggest hit, Take On Me, here it's starting not with the lead single from this uh, era of the band or from this album, uh, but a, an album track. And yeah, so dramatic, so sparse at the start, almost kind of narrative. Uh, and then just that huge chorus. You know it's an aha track, but it's also very different to that first album sound. Well, it's just much much bigger, isn't it? And I guess they've got that confidence going into a second album to know what people love, but also to know what they want to do uh differently as well dan who is on production writing production duties on this so writing is uh, from the band as it always is with aha interestingly this doesn't feature any morton co-writes as we did get um on hunting high and low just on a couple of tracks he's not the key songwriter in the band uh we do get some tracks from him uh throughout their albums but here nothing from morton the album is produced by alan tarney who uh produced take on me and the sun always shines on TV from the debuts. Obviously, the two biggest hits. They loved the sounds of those. And they brought him back for this one. It was recorded in England as well, Will. Um, and then this track specifically was a Mags and Paul co-write. Uh, where in England was it recorded? Just curious. It was recorded in Wimbledon. Ah. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I feel like you were trying to catch me out there, Will. No, no, that's paranoid. No, so up yours, actually. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's that in not. Your pipe. No, that's uncalled for. Actually. Sorry about that. Uh, and on synth watch, because uh, a big part, almost the synths are like the fourth members of Aha. Uh, oh, that's mm. a lovely way to put it. Uh, so on this track in particular, they were using a PB PPG wave. Uh, and a Fairlight CMI. Wow, Synthwatch, a new feature. It's getting quite technical, Will. Well, don't go that far. Only for the patrons. On our, <laughs> on our regular episodes, we're just going to chat any old shy. Don't make any old Well, noises. you've got to keep it dumbed down for the, for the masses. <laughs> yeah, the synths are there throughout. Uh, again, very different sounds on this one. Much more mysterious, much darker, much more dramatic. Um, I also love the strings in this one. Uh, and the strings are live and they are from Graham Prescott. Hello, Graham. No, re no relation to John, I don't think. <laughs> but maybe. That, that would be a brilliant uh, pop fact. Pop fact. Maybe I'll look into it ahead of, uh, ahead of the rest of the album. But it's just a sort of weird, obscure fact that could almost be true. Yeah. Place your bets now, listeners. Also, Will, on this track, I love how it ends very suddenly. It's almost like, there you go. That's the mission statement for this album. That's what you're going to get with Scoundrel Days. Um, kind of the, the drama, the new sound, the darker sounds. It's all going to happen. I wonder what Scoundrel Days are. Like, if you had a scoundrel day, is it you going around being naughty? What, me me specifically? 
Or is it one going around being naughty? I mean, you you're always one going around being naughty. That's a great question. Well, I I actually don't know what the meaning of it. So it's what I imagine. Scoundrel, yeah, a scoundrel, a scamp, a scally, yeah. a bit of a scat, a scad, a bit of a, a cad. <laughs> yeah. Not like out and out bad or illegal, but just a bit a bit rough around the edges. Hmm. Probably how the boys themselves were portrayed um, through a lot of the videos and things in this album, maybe. They definitely, yeah, they were going for a different look, weren't they? Yeah. Obviously, Take On Me and, you know, the video and the track was already huge and would only ever go on to get bigger and bigger and bigger and almost become its own thing separate to the band and the rest of the output. But yeah, here they're saying, no, we're very serious musicians. This is what we do. Uh, so let's have a bit more of what they do. And uh, track two now is The Swing of Things. Oh, but how can I sleep with your voice in my head With an ocean between us and room in my bed Oh, have I come to the point where I'm losing the grip Or is it So the swing of things there, track two. Uh, this is lovely. It's a real change, and it's a very up and down track, isn't it? But what I love most is those electronics in there, the bleeps, the beats, bleeps and beats. That's a good name for an album, actually. There you well, go. Joe Jody Harsh should have that actually. Bleeps and beeps. Well, I think we'll copyright that probably. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you have to pay to get things copyrighted? Uh, no, I think you just put the idea in. Write it on a piece of paper, put the date on there, and then send it to yourself in the post, and then that's the proof, and it's date stamped. Ah, okay. That's what someone told me once. Never tried it. If there are any uh, music legal folk listening to this, do let us know if that is true, or if someone was winding me up and I've believed it for years on end. Like when you were a teenager and used to write yourself love letters to cheer yourself up. Oh, that's awkward. Why? I don't think anyone used to do that. No, like when you like when you were a teenager. Oh, I thought you meant one because uh, I no. thought you were insinuating you used to. No, you did. Your mother did. Your mother used to send you a Valentine's card with a question mark in it. No, we didn't. We didn't believe in that sort of thing. What love? <laughs> you don't believe in love. <laughs> Good. Uh, Dan, uh, what are your thoughts on this track? Not in general. On love, on Valentine's don't wanna, Day. Don't want to open Pandora's box there. <laughs> we won't get it shut again. I love this one, Will. This is one of my favourite songs on the album, and especially live. Um, and I think it's a real favourite of the fans and the band as well, so much so that the line, How Can I Sleep With Your Voice In My Head, was the title of a live album from 2003. Annoyingly, Will, not available in the UK. was never released in the UK. Why uh, not? Oh, well, I don't, don't know. know. No, don't know. Don't, I don't know that jargon. But I did buy it on import, and it is my favourite live album of theirs. Uh, would love, and I'm sure a lot of the fans would agree, would love a vinyl reissue of that because the cover art is stunning. The band just sound at their absolute best. The set list includes lots of um, the Lifelines album and the Minor Earth Major Sky album, and so much more. Um, yeah, it's stunning. But also this one. Still often can be found in the live set lists, despite the fact it wasn't a single. Uh, there's also a wonderful version 
on the Memorial Beach bonus disc. So if you haven't heard that yet, do check it out. If you can't tell, Will, I'm a big fan of this song, and particularly the live version. <laughs> uh, what year was that? Which one? The live album. The live album. Uh, 2003. Well, maybe you could do everyone a favour and upload it to uh, uh, the internet and then set, share it out. I'm not sure the band would be too pleased with that decision. Ah, good. Because I would have had you arrested. Oh. I keep trying, don't I? But never quite never quite get them knocking at your door. The not last quite. Po- The last policeman you had at your door was bloody Darren, wasn't it? Oh, and he, from... he wasn't even a proper policeman. No, and well, I didn't know that until weeks after, actually. Well, although, interesting update, actually, from our third birthday episode with Darren, the stripper lad. He is going to be a special constable. Oh. Because he was so taken with the uniform. Well, good for him, actually. But I think his mother did have to tell him that uh, the actual uniforms aren't done up with Velcro. <laughs> Uh, talking of Velcro and uh, Constable, how, did, how was your mother's bikini wax the other day? You said she was just popping in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as you said, Will, the, the synths are really great on this one. Really chunky, I think, on this one compared to, again, compared to kind of Take On Me and the earlier sound or Train of Thought, but also compared to even the first song. Uh, but also a great beat in this one. And that is from Michael Sturgis. Uh, who also has played with Iron Maiden and Asia. The band, not the entire continent. <laughs> yeah, it's a big a big task, but I'm sure we would have I'm sure you would have stepped up. Happily. Very professional. Yeah. Very professional, very giving. Uh bass is great on this one as well. I'm I'm pretty sure, Will, I'm happy to be corrected by uh, anyone listening to this podcast, not anyone recording it with me, uh, <laughs> that it was actually uh electric bass programmed by Mags. Happy to be proven wrong. On this one, well, written by Paul, or Pal, as he was known at the time. Norwegian. Yep, sorry, I know that's a dig at uh, me when I introduced them at the start. No, he, not at all, actually. Well, it goes by Paul now, but he was known as Pal before. Mag, Magni, I, I'm never quite sure how to say his name, and I really, that's really bad as a huge AHA fan. Magna, Magna, I think it is, was known as Mags in the early days. And Morton was Morton. And he's absolutely gorgeous. He is, still still although he's old enough to be your older brother yeah <laughs> no whoa, no <laughs> grandfather track number three now i think we've both been looking forward to this one mm, definitely i've been losing you So I've been losing you there, track three on the album, and the first single we've gotten to, Will, which is also the lead single from the album. And what a lead single. What a bang to come back with for this. It's, I mean, it's everything you want from an aha comeback, isn't it? You want it to be a banger. You want it to be anthemic. You want it to feel epic. You want to hear Morton at his best. You want to hear some lovely synths in there. And you want something that feels fresh at the same time. And I think you, they've definitely achieved all of that. 
definitely. And again, we said the album arrived just under a year after their debut, Hunting High and Low. This arrived only three months after the final single from the album, which was the title track, Hunting High and Low. But yeah, just a completely new take on their sound. I should say not a new sound, but very kind of American influence, very soft rock, that huge kind of sing-along chorus, incredible drums, which again, Mr. Sturgis on the drums. Yeah, I love that. This is an all-time favorite Aha track for me. And uh, it feels strange that I'm the one bringing this up, but for me, a little bit of Duran Duran in there. Do you know, actually, I've never, honestly, never really thought that never really heard that but yeah i yeah i definitely get that they i guess with ria with their second album they moved to a more american influenced sound um obviously appealing to that market maybe our hard did it here of course this arrived at a time when duran duran were the smash hits poster pinups and then they kind of disappeared from that scene a little bit and aha seemed to take over that role um they followed them with the bond theme as well of course so Lots of likenesses with the two, but yeah, definitely hear that here. Oh, well, love to hear a Duran Duran cover of this. Oh, well, suggest it to them, Dan. Uh, and do you know what? I've been, whilst the tracks have been playing, I've been looking at old pictures of Morton Harkett on <laughs> Google Images. Absolutely what? stunning. I wondered why you turned the camera off. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> so this was, uh, as you mentioned, and this was uh, the lead single from this album. Got to number eight in the UK uh, and did wonderfully all over. Uh, in Norway, unsurprisingly, number one. <laughs> and here, yeah, so it entered the charts here at number 14 in September 86. Uh, it was the second highest new entry that week. Uh, the highest was Madonna with True Blue at number three. Uh, but at number one that week were Communards with Don't Leave Me This Way, their fourth and final week at number one with that track. Ah, uh, um, This one, Will, is always on the live sets, this one. Um, also was played very regularly on the karaoke circuit, uh, the Boating and Hating, when I used to look after that, because I used to sing this one with my father, actually. So when you say it was played regularly on the karaoke circuit by you in... Hayton. In Hayton. In Nottinghamshire, yeah. Quite a specific. Yep, and that's what this podcast is all about, Will, the specifics. The, the what? The specifics. I ran out of air <laughs> in my lungs. I don't know how Morton does it. The specifics, yeah. <laughs> also, Will, on this one, interesting B-side, uh, This Alone Is Love which would be tweaked and changed slightly and a different version of that would appear on the next album, Stay On These Roads. Good. And this track has something that you love, I know, Will, uh, in many respects, a false mm, ending. I love a false bottom, yes. <laughs> ending. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, with great drums there from Mr. Sturgis, as I said before. Also, Leaf, no, probably Life, Carsten Johansson on the bass there. Wonderful musicians. Well done, guys. And this one will another Paul uh, Wright, as is the next one. Which is uh, time to move on. Uh, track four now, very appropriately, October.
So October there, and what a great time to talk about the fantastic album artwork. Dan, surprised? No, before we before we set off on today's epic journey, I said I think I know which track it's going to be, uh, and I was right, and I do like being right. <laughs> yes, you do. This is just a little bit too slow for me, just a little bit too pared down, and it's a bit sort of chuggy, doesn't get going enough for me. Just a personal opinion, and I'm sure you've got a different opinion, and even if you didn't, you'd make one up anyway. Uh, but... Yeah. Let's talk about the artwork. So you have got a wonderful... Oh, that landscape is stunning, Dan. It's like a barren moorland, but with some really striking sky and clouds uh, to it as well. I think it really suits a lot of the tracks on this album. Not barren, but just how like (laughs) dramatic that, uh, that landscape is. And you've got a picture inset of uh, the band. You've got Morton in profile. He's got a lovely profile. And you've got the other two lads a little bit further back as well. And Scandal Days and Aha is written in a kind of a handwritten font. Font watch. Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm a big fan of this cover. Of course I'm a big fan of this album. You know, everything about it. So the cover for me is just brings back so many memories of having it on CD. The kind of the original release CD with the black plastic down the side then of course it was got the reissued version on the kind of gatefold um but yeah a wonderful cover love the colors in there and the images will are taken by nut bry a norwegian photographer and they are taken in uh maui hawaii they're of a volcano oh wow so extremely dramatic in fact then very dramatic Um, what do you think of the track the track, I'm going to be honest, it's not my favourite track. It's prob- No, it's my second least favourite of a very strong album. As we said before it started, this is another Paul track. Um, what I like about it is uh, I love Morton's vocal in this one. Just very, like, just the lower part of his register. We're really used to hearing Morton belt them out, uh, get those really high notes. But here it's all very subdued. Um, the repetitiveness is very different to what we've heard so far. Again, I think it's a bit of a breather, this track, isn't it, really? Um, but I like that kind of the horns, the strings. It's all programmed on this one. I think it's not live. Almost, to me, feels a little bit kind of Motown ballad-esque or inspired uh, with those sounds, but not but a, a, a version of it. I just don't think it's it sits, for me, it sits alongside the other tracks too well. Mm. I th- for me... It's still with the kind of the waves lapping on the shore at the start and the howling winds you can hear throughout. It's still got the drama, but as I say, just the kind of the break that is, I think, definitely needed before the next few songs. Let's get into the next one, shall we? Uh, This is Manhattan Skyline. So Manhattan Manhattan Skyline. Man, oh man. Man, oh man. Uh, What a track. Uh, This has got a false start, actually, because uh, when it really kicks off, uh, it's not at all how it starts. 
but I love, and this is strange for me to say, but the guitar in this is thrashingly good. And I can just imagine the three of them stood on top of a skyscraper in Manhattan, belting this out whilst the camera swirls around them doing some dramatic shots. Obviously, drones weren't around in the, in those days. Uh, do you know what, Will? I can't... I've done my research on the album, but I've not... I should have watched all the videos. I can't remember what the video's like, but that that is how it should look. Yes, Will, I completely agree. A helicopter shot uh, of them on top. I don't yeah. know, I mean, one of them getting the tallywhacker out and swinging it around. Oh... <laughs> I'll never forget that Christmas party of yours a few years ago uh, when you were trying to get all the lads to do the helicopter. Uh, and in the end, you were the only one that did it. Didn't help matters that you were spiking every glass of mulled wine I had. I thought the alcohol was burning off and you were topping it up with something else. Uh, and let's just say the, uh, the fuel in the helicopter ran out very quickly. <laughs> but yes, well, this one really does switch. This was written by Paul and Mags. And Mags did say in the official AHA biography, The Swing of Things, uh, that this was a real cut and paste project. Mags wrote the quiet part to the track, the intro, uh, the harpsichord alert as well on that one. Um, and then Paul wrote the rockier part, which comes in. And I do love, I love any song really that has that kind of, you can hear the two distinct sides of, uh, of the songwriters. So uh, the Beatles, A Day in the Life, for example, but also with Foot of the Mountain, an absolute incredible uh, aha song from more recently that was a mag song that then paul added uh, some parts to it uh, i can confirm dan that the video is not shot on top of a uh, building uh, in manhattan with a helicopter it's a uh, an age-old video pop video trope it is band perform in a big windy tunnel with flashing lights video tropes <laughs> A Spin new podcast. YouTube Vidicast. <laughs> Vidicast. Mm. Uh, and if you want to uh, produce that for us, uh, free of charge, do let us know. Mm, please. But no, this is a, a lovely number. This was a single, wasn't it? It was. Number 13 it got to in the UK singles chart. It was a top five hit, though, in Norway. They really, really love them in their, in their motherland. Good. Um, and yeah, this oh, was a th- Motherland. Very funny show. Oh, I've, do you know what? I've started it just recently. Just watched the first episode. Very good. Track by track, TV recommendations. You really remind me of one of the characters as well. Oh, I dread to think which one. I don't think I know them well enough yet. Well, just come back to me in, in a couple of weeks. Okay. But yeah, this one, Will, this was their first non-top 10 single since the re-release of Take On Me uh, peaked at number two. Which is a shame, but it's the last single from the album, so that's okay. It was the third single around the world, but there was another single released uh, in one specific country, which we'll get to shortly. Um, but interestingly, Will, it was the highest new entry the week it was released. Number one that wow. week was... Yeah, of course, different time. Uh, number one that week was Ben E. King with Stand By Me, which was re-released for the Stand By Me film. And number two was Percy Sledge with Man... <laughs> Man oh man, <laughs> with When a Man Loves a Woman, which was re-released because it was featured on Platoon. So a very strange chart that week. Two older tracks in the top two spots. Percy Sugden. <laughs> and Phyllis Pierce. <laughs> when a man loves a woman. Oh, uh, do you know what actually? There there was a Coronation Street album for like the 30th anniversary or something. Someone in my family had it. And they all did cover versions. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if they did that one on there. Yeah, because Mike Baldwin and Alma did something stupid. Oh, God. What did they do? Like the Macarena or something like that? No, they did the song Something Stupid. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they did Cotton Eye Joe. (laughs) They did the Bullpackers. Hillbilly Rock, Hillbilly Rock crossover. Oh, yeah. Um, Lyrically. Lyrically. Because we haven't said it this episode yet, and they are fantastic lyricists. I love the opening line. We sit and watch umbrellas fly. I'm trying to keep my newspaper dry. It gives me real ABBA vibes, actually, that one. Very like kind of their storytelling, the day before you came, something like that. Track number six now, and this is Cry Wolf. First song on side two of the album there, Cry Wolf. I think, Will, this might be, well, I was going to say one of the most playful songs on the album. I will say the most playful single from the album, actually. Mm. Yes, you're right. And this is also my favourite song on the album, I have to say. Is it? Probably Um, because... And why? Were you going to ask? And why? Yes, (laughs) yes. Probably because it's the most fun upbeat track on the album but also the most the track that sounds the most of its time and you know we both love music from the 80s and this is just wonderful for for that uh i just and i love the chorus cry wolf and you've almost got the cry wolf howls uh that go along with it as well so it's no surprise as well that it was a top five hit single in the uk uh, and was the most successful single from Scandal Days. It also uh, it was uh, certified as silver by the British pornographic industry as well. British, what? Sorry, do you want to read that again? The British phonographic industry. There we go. <laughs> um, you once did work experience at the British pornographic industry, didn't you? Phonographic. <laughs> no, pornographic. Oh yeah, pornographic. Yeah. You used to, uh, you were a bit of a runner. Run, I, um, runner, runner and fluffer. I was a fluffer, yeah. I had to, um, that big boo mic. I held, is that the fluffer? Is that what the fluffer does? Something like that, yeah. I, I, I had to keep it up. Yeah. And you did I, a great job, apparently. Yeah, I got um, the certificate to put in my record of achievement. <laughs> which I take with me to every job interview still. <laughs> <laughs> Along with my cycling proficiency. And all that kind of thing. And your 400 metres breaststroke certificate. <laughs> I can't believe I got women to stand in a line for 400 metres. <laughs> well done, me. <laughs> that was down your mother's pub, wasn't it? <laughs> and your mum insisted on starting and ending the lineup. So this was, like you say, well, this was the second single released in November 86. It entered the chart at number 28 before climbing to number five. The only other new entry in the top 40 when it charted was from the House Martins with Caravan of Love, which of course feature Mr. Fatboy Slim himself, Norman Cook and Paul Heaton. 
Um, oh, bloody hell. Paul Heaton and the Jackie Abbott. Paul Heaton and the Jackie Abbott. You say them more than me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number one that week, Will, was Europe with the final countdown. Dilly dee. Dilly dilly dee. Now, the opening line for this one, Will, the night I left the city, I dreamt of a wolf. That's credited to Lauren Savoy, who would become Paul's wife. He's now Paul Wachter Savoy. Uh, and then they formed a side project called Savoy. Cabbages. <laughs> um, and the video, it will come as no surprise, the video was inspired by the boy who cried wolf. Remind you of anyone, Will? Yes, very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Are you thinking? You, 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 you. Oh, you, I was thinking. You, you. Oh. you. So the drums in this one will come from Oystein Yebenord, who was previously in the band Bridges with Paul and Mags, or Pal and Mags, I should say, for uh, time reasons. Um, and Morton Harkett went to see Bridges in concert way back in uh, the very early 80s. Uh, they released their debut album in 1980, and their second was finally released in 2018. But the band were obviously long gone, or hardware together with Morton. But it took a while for it to come out, for it to see the light of day. Track number seven now. And Dan, this is what you said uh, when you were pulled off on the hard shoulder by the police officer just outside of Bristol and questioned your aunt about where you were going. You said, we're looking for whales. <laughs> oh, sorry, this is we're looking for the whales. For the whales. So that's We're Looking for the Whales there. Another, I didn't say on the last one actually, Will, it was Pal and Mags co-writing that one and they're back on this one again. Not a single, it's the first non-single we've had for a couple of tracks, but still a very upbeat and what seems to be quite a playful track. If you if you take the title on face value, then, then yes, but I just love the urgency this track has. Very reminiscent of some of the tracks on the first album as well but is it i mean wales has got a capital w on here so i guess it is what it is what do you mean we're looking for wales oh it's got a h in it as well well yes that's what i mean i don't mean looking for the country wales (laughs) oh sorry to make you sound simple there will but are they looking for the whales as in the mammal do you know what i i'm sure i've read before what this song is about and for the life of me, while researching this episode, I can't find it anywhere. But they sing about looking for a little bewildered girl. So I think there's a darker undertone on this story. They also sing about finding well, which angels case, beached outside your doors. In which case, that would be the third type of whales, which would be W-A-I-L-S. Oh, yes. Maybe a bit of a typo or a bit of a misunderstanding there. Didn't think about that one hilarious misunderstandings once again on track by track (laughs) but i do like the musically at least musically the the playful sounds of the synths in this synth in this one and (laughs) particularly in the middle eight so track number eight next then this is the weight of the wind (laughs) 
weight of the wind there, Dan. Uh, and it does remind me about the time that you uh, made a hole in your mattress. <laughs> mm? Remember? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a great album track. Uh, it's very much AHA. I don't say AHA by numbers. But it's very much their style, their house style. This is one of my favourite songs on the album, actually, which Ooh, I suppose if sorry. it's... No, if it's their house style, I suppose that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's, it's it not, very, not criticism uh-huh. at all. Just anything you say, it just, I always take as a criticism. It's funny, <laughs> isn't it? Um, but it's so strong. It reminds me of the first two tracks with those kind of really great beat, which feels like a mix of drum loops and live drums. The synths are in the mix, but with incredible guitar work as well. And then Morton on this chorus and on the middle eight just sounds phenomenal. Oh, Morton. Oh, Morton. Do you know, for years, I wanted to call my kid Morton. I don't plan to have children anymore, but I wanted to call my kid Morton. And when my little brother was born, who is the 17 years between us, I was really trying to convince my parents to call him Morton. And they were nearly tempted, but there was an area near us, a a village called Morton, spelt slightly differently. And it were rough as our souls, Will. And that's what, what put them off. Oh, it'd be like Brooklyn Beckham, wouldn't it? It'd be might have been where he was conceived. Oh no, my parents wouldn't go to Morton near home. No. One night in Morton, and I bet your <laughs> mum would have loved that. <laughs> or vice versa. Or vice versa. Probably less so. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I think it's such, a, especially track eight on the on a ten track album, such a strong song. I'm not going to say it should have been. A single, um, but I think it just shows the quality of their craftsmanship. And this will, as with the Swing of Things, which I think it's got a lot in common with, uh, is a Paul or Pal written track. Okay, number nine now, and this is Maybe Maybe. <laughs> So maybe, maybe there. Uh, what a fun song! What a fun song! And we it's haven't said s- that, have we? Said that this album? No, yet? we haven't said it. We haven't said it. But this is very quirky and bouncy. Not really like anything we've had so far on the album. I guess if I was to play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. is it in the right place? I don't think so. To be honest, if I was going to skip any song on this album, it would be this one. I think this could have been, if I'm being really honest, this could have been a B-side from a single from the first album. I just think it really does stick out like a sore thumb here. It almost sounds a little bit 60s, doesn't it? Yeah, very peppy, very poppy. Mm, very, a bit, a little bit cheesy, maybe. Yeah, I think a lot of, I think the majority of the fan base are in unison and maybe the band as well. I'm sure I've seen Mags say something himself because this, this is the only Mags uh, track that he solely wrote and contributed to this album. I think he's not been too kind about it in later years. Um, they do repeat through the track, I could be wrong, so wrong. And the line, maybe it was over when you threw me out the rover at full speed. That is quite wrong, actually. And you were thrown out of a rover at full speed, weren't you? 
Uh, I I was, but it was only because I was a bratty little kid and I just wouldn't shut up. But it was really unfair of uh, my scoutmaster to do that. Uh, my <laughs> mum and dad were furious. I uh, I was into beavers, but uh, after that, not for me. No, you turned your back on the beavers quite quite early in adult life. I know. And this was a single, shockingly and surprisingly, but only released in Bolivia, where uh, The Weight of the Wind was the B-side. And Will, you can get this. It's very, very rare. You can get this on Discogs. Uh, if you're looking for a little crazy Prezi for me, because it is getting to that time of year now. Uh, not for my main present, though. And it will set you back for the seven inch of this, £296.39, excluding delivery. Because you're worth it. Oh, thank you very much. Is probably what your other half would say. Oh, no, he definitely wouldn't. <laughs> okay, last track on the album. This is track 10, Soft Rains of April. So that was Soft Rains of April, and I think that is absolutely beautiful and quite haunting. It does stay with me after I've finished listening to it. Well, first of all, well, I can breathe a sigh of relief because uh, obviously it is a slower moment than the rest of the album uh, and maybe less synthy as well, but also completely agree. So the, the opening track was so dramatic and really set the scene, and I think this just closes the show closes the theatrics so the drama is still there um, but certainly not petering out but pared down compared to some other things in the album no i like the fact you've got two really epic dramatic tracks tent polling uh the album i also the title soft friends of april does it really good justice there's some wonderful keys in it but also that morton's refrain just probably about 40 seconds before the end just really hits you in the stomach. Yeah. Again, almost a bit of a, a false ending again with you've got that refrain, that that interlude um, really does set the scene. You feel like you are in this character's shoes. This character singing about or oh, asking, is it raining back home? I'm so alone. Uh, and then it just builds back up for that one final hurrah, if you like. And then just ends with over, just Morton singing over. Again, it feels like they began with that mission statement for Scoundrel Days, and then this is that, that's it. That's Scoundrel Days over. Uh, but thankfully, we didn't have to wait too long for the next wave of aha music to be upon us. So, just a quick word on the album performance uh, and reception before we move on to further listening. So this uh, was a big hit album in the UK. Got to number two in the album chart and number one album. Surprise, surprise, Norway. Uh, it was quite averagely reviewed, though, which I guess doesn't tally with a lot of the stuff we've been saying today. But as we always say, knickers to some of those reviews. Um, <laughs> so you can take your three out of five from Q magazine and stuff it in a sack and chuck it on the bin lorry uh, and have the lads take it away. Because 
I think, you know, Dan's a big fan of this album. Sorry to speak on your behalf, but you are. are you? I am. Uh, no, uh, and I enjoy it as well. But it was, uh, it's a big fan favourite, I think is the most important thing. That's all that matters, really, isn't it? It is all that matters. Well, yeah. obviously the band does need to make some money, but yeah. I think they're doing okay. <laughs> I think they've done very well. So we have got some further listening. And even though it's taken us this long to get onto our second AHA episode, our second AHA album, I should say, we are going to go back and tick many more of them off the list. So for further listening, we're going to stick around this era of the band. Will, I'd love to invite you to go first. Thank you, Dan. Uh, so I have gone for a, a twist on a track we've already talked about. Um, and it's a, it's one of our favourites from the album. This is the dub of... I've been losing you. So that was the dub of I've Been Losing You, uh, which is just a testament to how fantastic the production, uh, the synths, the instruments and the skills of the band and those involved are. And I think I love that song and I just really love hearing a little bit more of underneath and just having it juiced up a little bit. Yeah, definitely. It's such a good sing-along song that you, yeah, you might quite often forget about the music behind it. And here it is. In all its shining glory. Laid bare. Mm. lovely lovely one Dan what have you gone for so I've gone for I've not broken the rules too much but I've gone from a track from this album however I have gone for a reimagined version from the more recent Summer Solstice MTV Unplugged album uh, so this is the title track Scoundrel Days and this is featuring from Echo and the Bunnymen Ian McCullough I reached the edge of town got blood in my head My hands touch my body From everywhere But I know that I made it As I run into the air Yeah And see As I like So Scoundrel Days there, live and acoustic Featuring Ian McCulloch, I love that, you know, the album version of this song is so dramatic, as we said. But here, despite the fact it is more stripped back, you still kind of get the the sense of urgency in the song. Morton sounding, you know, it's a few years have passed, he's sounding like a different singer. Ian bringing a different style as well. Uh, I think this is a really great reinterpretation of the song. And what I love as well, Dan, is it's so recent in terms of their musical career, isn't it? So it's great to hear them come back to some of their very first tracks uh, with a slightly different spin on it. But I know what you mean. I do like the fact that it's quite raw and still urgent. Yeah. And also on the album, on the uh, Summer Solstice album, they also did uh, I've Been Losing You featuring Lissy, which is a wonderful version. And of course, as with most sets, they also did Manhattan Skyline. We're... We're out of time. time so that was aha scoundrel days do let us know what you think to the band to the album to the episode 
on the Patreon post or on the socials at Track by Track UK. And uh, we'll be back again soon with more exclusive episodes for our Patreon subscribers, as well as episodes for the other lot as well. The Great Unwashed still get the episodes <laughs> as well. The Patreon subscribers get an episode every week in total, plus our exclusive further listening series, uh, which we've got a great one coming up. And well, I'm sure we will come to do an AHA further listening episode at some point. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so, until next time, I've been the boy who cried wolf. Oh, I was going <laughs> to cry wolf. And I've been the soft rains of April. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> And where are your manners? Round the corner, picking up shit. Do you remember that <laughs> joke? No. Is that an actual thing? Yeah, I can only remember the punchline. Oh, we've got more Ians than a... Uh... I thought it was Ian Brady, wasn't it? On Lightning Thieves. <laughs> no, Ian Botham. <laughs> He's a cricketer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm into my cricket. Are you? No. You do like a sticky wicket. 